you're listening to the Trinity Podcast. We are a multi-site church in the Chicago area whose mission is to help you look, live, and love more like Jesus. Well, good morning, Trinity Church. Good to see you again on this Super Bowl Sunday, right? Go Cowboys. I don't know. Go Taylor. Go whoever. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I hope that you have something uh, fun planned for the rest of the uh, day on this, again, Super Bowl Sunday as we finish out our series um, that we've been calling Five Habits for Life. And the hope in this series is that you've, if you're a Trinity family member, uh, to be reminded of what our five values are as the Trinity family. Or if you're new to the family like me and mine are, um, it's, it's been really great to journey with you to really get to know the heartbeat of our church. Or if you're trying to discover what this church is about um, and what we value, what a great opportunity to, to jump in and hear more about um, what makes us Trinity Church and our family value. So we've been looking at five of them. Uh, the first one was worship, then it was connect, serve, Give. Last week, our pastor Nick went over that one. And then today, we're going to close out with go. With go today. I think, I think one of the worst things that modern humans have to deal with is going somewhere alone. Going somewhere alone for the very first time or like being the new guy or the new girl. I mean, that has to be the worst. But if you kind of think about it, like dogs never really experience that. We have this, uh, this golden retriever named Topanga. And anywhere and everywhere she goes, she's like, hi, I'm Topanga. Are we best friends now? And then she just like latches on like white on rice. I mean, she just kind of goes that way. I wonder if prehistoric humans uh, were that way as well, which would kind of be kind of weird if you think about it for a second. Um, But now I feel like nothing can be worse. Very few things could be worse than being the new guy or the new girl. My kids have to deal with this, right? Because we we left the, the country of Texas and moved up to the state of Illinois, right? So my kids had to deal uh, with being the new girls at school. I mean, how daunting, maybe even a little nerve-wracking. But do you want to know what helped Caitlin specifically? You know, going to this big old school, she didn't have to go at it alone. Almost right away, Caitlin and Emmy uh, hit it off here at church several weeks before um, Caitlin would start her first day of school here. And so they got to know each other during that time. And and somehow, by God's great providence, um, they actually had the same lunch period in the first semester that Caitlin was here. I mean, what could be worse than walking into a lunchroom and not know a soul? You see, Caitlin, she didn't have to go at it alone. Teenagers, what's more nerve-wracking than that, right? Thank God that stress ends when you become an adult, right? (laughs) I love uh, Olaf's song. It's called When I'm Older. I really love that song. It's so beautifully written. He says, when I'm more mature, I'll feel totally secure when I'm older. It's like wrong. It never ends. Like the feeling of being the new guy or the new girl, it follows you on into college and then on into your new job. I swear, jobs can be like high school all over again. Uh, My sister is an RN at one of the biggest hospitals in San Antonio, and uh, she just like parked her car like normally in the garage, and when she walked into work, uh, the other girls were like, oh, you're parking in the cool girl parking lot. It's like, what does that even mean anyway? 
See, it never ends. Even for me, just the other day, um, our pastor Nick invited me to join him on a Lutheran pastor's retreat. And it was great. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to go. Um, except, you know, all these pastors have known each other for a really long time here in Illinois. Most of them went to the exact same seminary, Concordia and St. Louis. And here comes this random guy from Texas uh, who went to some random seminary in Los Angeles. And so I was like kind of giving Nick a play-by-play, like, hey, I'm stuck at, at, at a light. Okay, I'm about to go into the parking lot. Okay, I'm about to park. Okay, I'm about to enter into the lobby. And there he was waiting for me, my person of peace. Thank God for that. There very few things are worse, I think, than going somewhere alone. You see, today Jesus is telling us to go. He's telling us to go, but guess what? We don't have to go at it alone. We get the gift of our God's power, purpose, and the culmination right here, we get his presence, his presence. And so I'd love for us to unpack that a little bit more together. But before we move on, um, would you join me in prayer? God, thank you so much for your goodness. God, thank you for your power. Thank you for the purpose. And thank you for your presence, Jesus. Lord, I pray that uh, the words that I speak, Lord, would only the word, uh, your word of truth uh, fall into our heart, soul, and mind and move us to action, Father. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins because you know that they are many. But God, thank you for the gift of communion. Thank you for the gift of your forgiveness that we get to walk in every single day of our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you would uh, go back to Matthew chapter 28 with me, this is where we're going to be at this morning. And again, this is the great commission that we get, right? Where God commands us to go, or does he? I don't know, we'll look into that here in just a moment, but he says something to the effect of go. And, and he doesn't just tell us to go and send us off to the races and with, and with no sort of orientation before that. The Great Commission is exactly that. It's a sort of orientation that Jesus is giving us. Kind of back to Caitlin's story uh, real quick. I, I'm going to have to end up clearing out her Amazon cart after this sermon because uh, I'm talking about her so much. But it, it's our most recent memory, so this is where we are. Um, So for Caitlin, she had been in small private schools all throughout her time in San Antonio, small schools, and which is kind of ironic because we know that Texas loves football, Friday Night Lights. My high school had 5,000 kids on campus, and and hers had something like, I don't know, 200 at the high school she was at. And so thank God, before Caitlin's first day of school— We had an orientation with her counselor, and I think I needed that orientation uh, more than Caitlin did because now she went from 200 to 3,500 in a totally different state. And so they went around and said, okay, Caitlin, this is where your locker is going to be. This is the sophomore wing. This is the whatever, this and that, whatever else she needed to know and see. She had a lay of the land before her first day of school that next day. Thank God for that orientation at work. Uh, one of my first jobs was in corporate, and we had new employee, employee orientation for three months, three months before you would go onto your team. You see, this great commission, it's an orientation for Christians, first to the disciples and then to the rest of us. And in this orientation, listen to how Jesus opens it up here with his power. In verse 18, he says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus says, I have it. 
He says, I have all the power and all the authority in all the heavens and in all the earth. He says, I have it. You know, oftentimes as a pastor, I hear folks say, well, I, I can't go because I don't really know the Bible enough or I, I don't really know what to say or I, I don't really know how to pray. And Jesus is like, great, great. That is the best posture to have. Have you ever had to deal with a know-it-all? I mean, it's the worst. If you're a know-it-all, please stop it for the love of everyone because know-it-alls know it all. And so they just kind of walk around knowing it. And so when you try to go and share some helpful information, they're like, well, actually, thank you for letting me get that off my chest. I did it for all of us. And so you can buy me a beer after church if you'd like. (laughs) You're welcome. But Jesus says, great. I'm glad that you feel humble about it. He says, because I don't need your intellect. He says, I don't need your ability. I don't even need your confidence. He says, I need your humility so that I can speak and act and go through you. He says, I just need you to be willing and acknowledge that I, Jesus says, I have all the power in heaven and on earth. Listen, living out on mission, it only works from a posture of dependence on Jesus, not dependence on you, or me. See, we just need to get out of his way because the power lives in our hearts. And at the same time, that Holy Spirit power is already working in their lives. All Jesus needs is for us to depend totally on him as we go. And I know we start thinking, but what if I say the wrong thing? Like, what if, what if, what if, as if we can hinder or control the working of God? Listen, Jesus is going to call whomever he's going to call, whenever he chooses to call them. And he's not going to let you or me get in the way of that. Instead, he wants to use you. He wants to use you for his purposes. We're called just to follow Jesus. Friends, that's why we got to constantly be bathed in prayer and in confidence in the Spirit and know that His Spirit is working in and through us. We got to constantly be surrounding ourselves with this beautiful prayer to our Savior. You see, in this orientation, as we go, Jesus gives us His power. And second, He gives us his purpose, right here in verse 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. I'm really excited about this segment um, that we're in right here uh, because I feel like us Bible teachers, a lot of times we've been getting this wrong. Um, Our pastor, Nick, uh, he pointed out something really incredible as the teaching pastors were surrounded at the table, kind of just uh, just kind of discerning what the Lord wants us to speak through this text. And, And it really kind of blew my mind. See, Nick is a really smart guy. We're really lucky to have him because what he pointed out to us right here is that Jesus is actually telling his disciples as we look at the original language. I mean, check this out right here. Jesus is not commanding us to go. He's not commanding us to go. In the original language, this is what Jesus is doing right here. He's saying, as you go and do whatever it is that you're already going to do, 
As you go to work, as you go to the grocery store, as you go to that play date or on a date, as you go and raise your kids, as you go and care for your aging parents, as you go to the golf course, as you go, while going, make disciples. As you go, make disciples. I mean, how freeing is that, right? That means that you don't have to go and do anything in particular. That means that, remember the days when we would do door-to-door evangelism, the days before they had the ring doorbell cameras and people knew uh, we were able to kind of do a gotcha. So someone, like the mom, she would come and open the door thinking that her son was finally coming over for a visit and said it was you or me saying, would you like to hear about the four spiritual laws? You know, we don't have to go anywhere in particular. This also means that to to fulfill the Great Commission, you don't have to go on a mission trip. Now, you should go on a mission trip. It's important for our spiritual formation and for our worldview. I mean, to experience a different place and a a different culture. Uh, I was able to, to spend some time in Haiti, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. It'll give you some perspective It'll give you some extreme compassion and empathy for the, flight of our, for the plight of our fellow people. But you aren't commanded to go because you're already going. And so Jesus says, on the way, as you go, what was our former mission statement here at Trinity? Uh, loving people to Jesus. As you go, love people to Jesus. As you go, look, live, and love like Jesus, as you go and do whatever it is that you're already going to do. And so many of us are doing that and living our lives this way. Brian is one of our church members, very faithful church member here at Trinity, primarily worships at Kimberly Way. And he has this beautiful story of how he was just living his life. And in doing so, it impacted an entire Family, I would love for us to be able to watch his testimony right here on the screens. Would you look at that with me? One thing I do is I coach baseball. And I coach uh, for a program that's a Christian program where the FCA impacts. And uh, Christian belief is a big part of who we are and what we do. We pray before and after games. We uh, approach the game a little differently than just trying to win every game. We always want to win, but there's bigger things in life. Sometimes you don't realize the impact that that you're having on, on other people in their home. So one of our players, his family come to find out. His mom has now been battling uh, pretty serious breast cancer for a little while. His mom reached out to me to thank me because Jesus hadn't been a part of their life. God hadn't been a part of their life in a long time. I messaged her one day and just, hey, just want to let you know your son led our team in prayer after practice and he did a great job. Just thought I'd let you know. And it opened up this huge conversation about how God has been missing in their family's life. It's something that without this team, they may not have gotten back into. So while it's baseball, um, that's what, I mean, holy cow, my my heart melted. I didn't know how to handle it. Uh, I shared it to a few of, you know, our Kimberly Way people. And it's just something because I didn't know how to handle it. It was the first time I had personally sat back and said, holy cow, like, This is so much more than baseball. You don't realize the impact that you can have on somebody like that. 
You know, we have a whole family that's going to start coming to church. And they're coming because of just baseball. We have 13 players. Last year, nine of them led prayer after the game. Um, to me, that was the win, right? These kids stepped up in front of their peers and were able to lead a group in prayer. The fact that these kids are that age and willing to do that to me is more than I ever was. And that's had an impact on me because it's reminding me of who I'm supposed to be and who, you know, what, what life we're supposed to lead and what being a leader is and what God called me to do and where to put me. It's crazy to me because I, I just didn't expect myself to be sitting in this chair, doing this interview, leading a group of kids the way that I do. But he made it pretty clear that you make an impact. You're there for a reason. I have you coaching this team for a reason. I put this kid on your team for a reason. And it was a pretty cool compliment and a pretty cool little poke of, hey, you're doing all right. Wow. That man leads our students every Wednesday. He's there pouring into the lives of teenagers. If you have a teenager, I mean, wouldn't you want someone like that to join you in pointing our kids to Jesus? See, Brian, he already loves baseball. And so he decided to coach it as an outlet for this passion and love that he has for the game. And he just naturally shared some good news with that mom, which then opened up a conversation, which then led to her interest being piqued more in about who Jesus is. You see, Brian didn't call this mom with any sort of ulterior motive. He didn't call her so that he could invite her to church. It was just one human being another human and just having a normal human conversation. And then God did his thing by drawing this woman and now her family closer to him. I always feel like church folk, when we read uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, I always feel like we, we translate it in like the weirdest way, um, where Peter says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. I, I always feel like oftentimes uh, we can kind of take that to seem like we're on trial or something where we got to have like an attorney present uh, so that and they can like coach us and tell us uh, what to say and how to say it and what definitely not to say. But that's not what Peter is saying here. See, what Peter meant is what Brian did. What Jesus means is what Brian does. Always be prepared to share the love of Jesus with others. And when they ask you, like, why are you so compassionate? Why is it that your presence just kind of gives off this aura of peace around you? Why is it that you never engage in the slandering of that coworker that gets on everybody's nerves, but you also don't glare at us with judgment? Why is it uh, that you help us see the good and others, why is it that you are the way that you are? Oh, the answer to that, right, is that Jesus loves me. It's because he rescued me and he saved me. For me, I, I was just a lost little boy with no dad and a sea of friends who had their dads. And I was lost and I was scared and I was sad. But then one day, Jesus held me so tight 
and he held me so close. I can never walk away from a love like that. I got to spread it. I got to spread that love. I got to give it away because I believe that everyone deserves to have a love like that. And so my Jesus, I got to go and I got to share it with others. You see this orientation. In this orientation, we get the Savior's power. We get his purpose. And I think the most incredible gift of Jesus in this orientation before we go is his presence. In verse 20, he says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says, I'm going to go with you. And not only am I going to go with you, but I want to go with you. Our Jesus says, I want to be there with you. And one of the ways that I'm going to go with you is through the church, through the community of believers. You see, we don't have to go at it alone. Humanity was meant for community with God as our king. And so his presence is made so much more tangible with the church, with this community of believers, so that if you want to help your friend know more about Jesus, but you don't feel like you have the time or the infrastructure to do that, then you can bring them with you to Alpha. You can bring them with you to Alpha, and we can join you with them on that journey. Or do you have a friend uh, who's just trying to navigate the complexities of raising kids See, this church has parenting through the phases. It's a support group of parents where we're just trying to figure it out. We're just trying to figure it out all together. Or, or maybe you have an elderly neighbor who's looking to get connected with others. Our church has the Trinity Senior Fellowship. I glanced in there one time. They meet at Kimberly Way, and I'm going to tell you, our seniors know how to get down and have a really good time and eat really good food that the rest of the staff get to have the leftovers of. It's an amazing time. You see, we're not on this journey alone. In this journey of life, as we go, we're never alone. We go together. And when you do find yourself in a situation where you are alone or solo, our Savior Jesus, the Spirit is always with us and around us and over us and in us and guiding us as we go. And as we do, these incredible gifts of God, His power, His presence, His purpose, it goes with us. And so we get to go confidently into the places where God has already sent us and where He will send us. And so as we do, we get to herald the good news. We get to bring the good news to a people who so desperately need this good news. But friends, first we got to be bathed in prayer and in confidence in Jesus. We know that our Savior, he spent so much time in prayer. You see it all throughout the Gospels. And we know that he continues to intercede for us in heaven. And so we got to pray first before we go so that we're not in it alone. We got to commit to praying before we go. And so in just a few moments, every one of us in this room, uh, we're going to be able to take that step of faith 
together. Again, because none of us are alone, Christ's presence is with us, and a major way that his presence is with us is in and through this body of believers. And so together, we're all going to be able to come up to the front, and we're going to be able to receive this uh, prayer card. It's a two-plus prayer card. And what we're going to do is we're going to commit to praying for two people, and we're going to write their name down. And it could be anybody— it could be a friend, a family member, a, a co-worker. It could be a frenemy, just really anybody. And we're going to commit to praying for them. If it's not too private, maybe you can hang it up on your bathroom mirror or on your dashboard so that we can remember to be in constant prayer over them. And, and you're just going to pray for God to open up their hearts. And you're going to pray for an opportunity to, as you already go to them, as you normally, naturally already do, we're going to pray for an opportunity for you to share the reason for this love that you have for them. And we're going to pray that God gives you the words and the moment to share your testimony, the reason for this hope that you found in Jesus just like Peter instructed us to. You see, this two-plus prayer card, it's going to work miracles. Miracles are going to happen through this power of prayer. God is going to use you to bring someone closer to Jesus, someone closer to him. Isn't that amazing? Man, I can't wait to hear the stories that are going to come out of these prayer cards. Friends, this is how we go. We go on mission. Last week, our pastor Nick shared about how we give on mission. And so as you come up to the front, uh, we're also going to invite you that if you have your 90-day tithe challenge card, you can go ahead and turn that in as you receive this prayer card. Uh, you can come to the front and drop, drop that challenge card up here with us. If you don't know what that is, that's okay. Um, last week, our pastor, he gave us a, a great sermon on how we are called to be a generous people. And so uh, we're all able to take a step forward in that pathway of generosity. If you missed the message, I want to encourage you to go online and catch up on what you missed. And if you'd like to journey in this 90-day tithe challenge with us, we would love to still journey with you as well. You see, as we go, our Jesus, his power and purpose and presence is with you. He says, always to the very end of the age. And so would you join me in prayer before we come up to receive these prayer cards? God, thank you for your goodness. God, thank you for your presence that is with us all the days of our lives. Lord, we pray in this moment right now for those who you're laying on our heart, soul, and mind to pray for. God, thank you that you are already going before them. You're going before us in preparing our heart and soul and mind to receive from you, Jesus. Thank you that you always go ahead and you always make our path straight for you, God. Lord, would you bless this moment? Would you bless this time as we come before you and pray for those who are on our hearts, God? And Lord, would you equip us and continuously empower us, uh, empower us to look, live, and love like you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Our ushers are going to release you uh, row by row to be able to receive the two plus prayer cards, which, which, by the way, have already been prayed over by our staff and volunteers this morning. So the names that you write down on these cards, uh, the cards have already been prayed for. And so they're, they're being covered in prayer as the Lord leads you to write the names of the folks that are on your heart. Um, thank you for letting us join you in this journey um, together. Love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us on the Trinity Podcast. We hope this week's message encouraged you to consider the claims of Jesus in a new way, and we would love to have you join us for worship on the weekend. To find a location near you, visit www.tlc4u.org.